All right. So good morning, everyone. Uh, I am pleased to announce this morning that I'm going to have my wife talk on thankfulness. And she's been doing a thankfulness message for many years, um, even when we were doing associate pastoring in Life of Faith North, that is really unique and it's really good. I, I, I love it. And in fact, there's a lot of people that they love to to download it and to to share it out because she does such a great job with it. But, you know, I want to let you know that during this Thanksgiving season when we've got friends and family around, you know, it's good for us to think about relationship in the perspective of family. It's good to think about relationship and thankfulness in the relationship with Jesus But it's also a time to reflect on what has happened in 2022. You know, in 2022, we've had some really awesome things happen. Now, yes, we can go and find all the bad things that have happened. But, you know, in 2022, you know, God has brought most of us out of a lot of things. I know in my own life, you know, if you go out here and you look at the economy, I'm still able to pay my bills. Thank God. Yes, amen. Can I get a thank God from everybody? Thank, thank God. God. Yes. You know, I'm still able to pay for gas. I'm still able to pay my bills. That's a great thing to be thankful for. But I'm also thankful for my, for my family. And I'm thankful for all the things that God is doing. Hey, I've got my, my daughter and my son-in-law. They're going to be in here in just a second. They're getting snacks. They're getting snacks. But... You know, you know, God gave me a son. Yeah. He's expanding people's families, and he'll expand yours. Yes. You know, there are some times where you, you have to sit back and say, who are the people that are in my life that they may not be blood to me, but they're still family? Yeah. You know, during this Thanksgiving season, get together with them. Tell them how much you love them. Be thankful for the relationships and for the, the things that God has put in your heart. Well, I'm going to turn this over to my wife. She's got a great message for you. All right, thank you. I was in the nursery last week, and so I was listening to his message from last week on my drive to work this week, and I heard him say that I had the nice Thanksgiving message. What did you call it, the sweet one? Yeah, I had the mean one. And he has the mean one. I don't know how you can have a mean Thanksgiving message. Anyway, so I'll try to do a real sweet message today. So anyway, um, I am excited to be speaking about thankfulness. Um, I'm going to call this my tradition because it has been many years in a row that I've spoken on thankfulness, and it's because it's so powerful, and it has really been something God has done a work in me through. And so um, this year I'm going to talk about thankfulness, but I'm also going to talk about the goodness of God and how they work hand in hand. So last week Dusty talked about thankfulness. Um, I think your message was called Don't Give Up, Give Thanks. So if you haven't heard that, I encourage you to go back and and listen to that. And then the week before that, we had Jason Gamble here who talked on the goodness of God. And so after those two messages, the Lord just really stirred some new thoughts in me. And we're going to talk about those two things and how they work together. So when Jason Gamble was here, he talked about the, uh, the goodness of God and he took us back to the book of Genesis and we read through the entire first chapter in the book of Genesis. And when we did that, what we kept seeing was God over and over again declaring he created this and it was good and he created this and it was good. And over and over again, he kept declaring things good. And in the end of chapter one, when he had finished, he had created the world and he had made man. He looked back and it says he looked at all of it and he said it was very good. 
So we can see from the very beginning of time, God's original plan for us was for us to live in His goodness and that He was the one who determined what was good. But what we read on a little later is that at the fall of man, the enemy came in and told a lie. He told Adam and Eve, he he said, if you will eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, then you'll be like God and you'll know good and evil. Well, he lied because they were already like God. They were made in the image of God. So they, they believed a lie about their identity of who they were. And they also believed a lie because he said, then you'll know good and evil. Well, they, they already knew good. God had already deemed this is good. And how many of us know God's word is higher than our word? Whatever he declares is absolute truth. And sometimes we as believers will declare, yes, I believe the word of God. I believe every word the Bible says. But when something in life doesn't go how we think it should go, we might question, well, maybe that wasn't God's goodness. Maybe I just can't find his goodness anywhere. No, his goodness is everlasting. It always has been and always will be. We just have to change our perspective about the goodness of God and find it everywhere that we look. And so Adam and Eve believed a lie that they weren't like God. Well, they were like God because they were made in His very image. And they believed a lie that they needed to know in their own determination what was good. Um, if you read later, Eve said, um, then, she, it said then she saw that the fruit of that tree was good. Do you notice in that moment is when she decided she was determining what was good. And anytime we try to determine something outside of what God has already declared, we get ourselves in trouble. And we see that from the very beginning. And ever since then, mankind has been fighting against who, looking for who we are and what's good. When God answered that question at the very start, you are made in my image and everything I have made is good. For the rest of time, that's the battle people have been having and they keep falling praise to lies. I want to take us back and go back and define what thankfulness is. And sometimes in the Bible, we or sometimes we will use as synonyms the word grateful and the word thankful. But actually, I did a little bit of a word search um, in the Word of God. And most of the time, you will find the word thankful much, much more than you find the word grateful. Now, depending on the translation that you look at. But if you'll go back to the original, most of the time the word is thankful. And I think there's a reason for that. Well, maybe. I thank you, Lord. There we go. Okay. So let's look at the definition of grateful first. Grateful means appreciative of benefits received, a feeling or a sense of appreciation. Thankful means conscious of benefits received, and it's directed toward a person. So the difference here is that grateful means that I'm appreciative of benefits, and I feel a sense of appreciation. Whereas thankful means I am conscious or aware of a benefit received, and that's directed toward a person. And I think specifically why what we see in God's Word is thankfulness more than being grateful is because God is good, and we should be thankful regardless of how we feel. Do you see the connection there? That even when I don't feel like life has gone how I wanted it to go, or it didn't go how I planned it, And I don't feel good about that. It doesn't matter. God's still good. And so instead of being grateful, I actually should be thankful, which is just me being continually conscious of His goodness in my life. 
Now, hopefully that thankfulness will lead us to the place of being grateful and feeling appreciative. But whether we feel like it or not, we're not to be moved by our feelings. We are moved by the Word of God, and He has declared from the very beginning that He is good. Let's look at His Word. 1 Chronicles 16.33, it says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endures forever. Now, you will find this scripture over and over and over again throughout the Word of God. That exact wording, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, His mercy endures forever. And that's repeated. So let's go back and kind of break it down and think about it. So number one, it just is a command to give thanks to the Lord. Not when I've had a good day, not when I feel like it, Not when everything looks good to me, but give thanks. It's a commandment. Now, let's think about what we know about God. We know that God is love, that He is good, and that He is a giver. His very nature is a giver. God is not egotistical sitting up in the heavens going, Give me thanks. Give me praise. Come on, I deserve it. I've earned it. You owe it to me. No, any time that God commands us to do something, we know it is because it's a benefit to us. He is trying to get something to us. So he commands us, oh, give thanks to the Lord. That's it. That's the command. Whether I feel like it or not, I'm supposed to do that. Now let's think, what is thanks? That's me being conscious and aware of benefits. So I am to continually be conscious and aware of the benefits God has put in my life. Why? For he is good. Period. He just is. That's part of his nature. And then I think it's interesting that this piece is tagged on very frequently with this scripture. For his mercy endures forever. I was talking this week in my classes at school. I teach at a private Christian school. So praise the Lord, I am free to speak about the word of God in my classroom. And we were talking about the difference between grace and mercy. And about grace is God giving you something you didn't deserve. But his mercy is him withholding what you did deserve. And if we think back from the very beginning of time, we deserved hell. And instead, he had mercy on us. And from the very start, he instantly had a plan and to redeem us and put us back into his goodness. Man walked away from the goodness of God and God said, okay, plan B, I'm still going to give you my goodness. And the moment that you and I accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, that was the moment that we stepped back into his goodness. The Bible says that we received, received everlasting life. That's not something that we gain in heaven. And I, I'm seeing a lot of that in certain circles of believers, that they think that their salvation is just a ticket that they don't exchange until they die. And then when they get to heaven, they'll be whole and complete and sanctified and everything else. And it only comes when I go home to be with Jesus. No, salvation meant that it is the all-inclusive word of the gospel. That means everything you needed, you received the moment that you got born again. And everlasting life started then. It's available then, and then you just walk in it forever. Think about what this verse says. His mercy redeemed you from the pit of hell, and it exchanged Jesus, and he bore everything on the cross. He bore sickness. He bore poverty. He bore anguish. He bore mental illness so that you wouldn't have to, and then you could walk in that everlasting life from the moment you received him forever. So his mercy, like this verse says, his mercy is enduring forever. But we have a lot of believers who are not seeing the goodness of God. They're not thankful. They're not conscious because they're too busy determining in their own self what's good. 
Well, it'll be good if I can do this. It'll be good if so-and-so would do this. And we keep making it about a work that we're going to do instead of making about literally who he is. He is good. And it has nothing to do with my feelings or my accomplishments or what someone has or hasn't done for me. It's just who he is. Let's read another example. Psalm 107, 15. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord. Why? For his goodness. There it is again. I'm supposed to be conscious and aware of his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Let's look a little farther about the goodness specifically. If you notice thankfulness and goodness, there's a lot of scriptures that keep tying them together. Nahum 1.7, the Lord is good. There it is. It's just a, a declaration of him. He is a stronghold in the day of trouble and he knows those who trust in him. What does it mean to know somebody? Let's think about that for a minute. Um, if you go back um, in the beginning, it said that Adam knew his wife. That's an intimate being. That's a, that's a, that's a clo- the closest relationship two human beings can have. And it says he knows those who trust him. That means we're not just supposed to casually know God. We are in intimate relationship with God. We are walking with him. We have communion continually with him. You know, I've noticed, um, especially in some of my classes at school, I pray at the start of every class and I'll ask, does anybody want to pray? And there's always a large number of my students that will get this horrified look on their face on the days that I say that. And they're just like, oh my gosh, you want me to pray in front of people? And so, you know, and then some of them will. And it's a lot of times it'll be very formal. Dear God. And they just act like it's, it's like you're, you're talking to your heavenly father. Now, maybe you didn't have a great heavenly father, but God is good. And I had a great heavenly father. I was very, very blessed with that. I have a great heavenly, I have a great earthly father and a great earthly father-in-law. And both of them, I will walk up to and say, hey, dad. And then I'll say whatever it is. Papa Jack, I call him by my kids. Uh, that's my father-in-law and I'll call him what my, my kids call him. I'll say, hey, Papa Jack, we need a ham or a turkey for church Sunday. Did I not say that to you? I didn't say, um, I come before you. Jack, could you please give me, buy us a turkey or cook it? No, I was just like, hey, I need you to do this, okay? He goes, and then he texted later this week, do you want ham or turkey or both? Why? Because we're comfortable. The relationship means I know him and he knows me and I know he's not mad at me and he's out for my good. Okay, so the Lord is good. There's our declaration. He is a stronghold in the day of trouble and he knows those who trust in him. That's an intimate relationship. That's when you begin to find his goodness is when you are intimate with him. Psalm 23, 6 says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, Dusty mentioned the scripture last week, and you mentioned my example. We had this guest minister that used to come to a church that we went to. His wife's name was Shirley. And so every time he came to speak, he would pull Shirley to the stage and then he would get two other people and he would say that their name are goodness and mercy. And then he'd kind of run around the sanctuary and his wife and these two people would run around after him and he'd say, see, Shirley, goodness and mercy are following me all the days of my life. Now, this is not Shirley. This is Shirley. But that image has stuck in my mind ever since. And I just picture me walking about life and God is chasing me down with his goodness and his mercy that endures forever. Everything he's provided for me, it's perpetually chasing me down. Now, like you said last week, Dusty, I think sometimes we need to stop and let it run into us because sometimes I think we're running so far ahead of God that he's going, Hey, wait, goodness and mercy. I'm trying to get it to you and you're running away. Instead of just being close to him, 
I know Him and His goodness and mercy just literally falls all over me all the time. And it says it will follow me all the days of my life. Well, when did my life start? Well, the day, the day I was born, but especially the day I received Jesus and then into, on into eternity, that mercy is enduring forever. And I will dwell with Him forever. Amen. Amen. All right, let's talk a little bit more about what happens when we recognize His goodness in our life. We're conscious. We're being thankful. So Philippians 4, 6 and 7, it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, that just means a request, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Now, we'll pause there. Be anxious for nothing, anxiety, worry, fear, fretfulness. I'm not supposed to be that way over anything. But in everything, in other words, in every situation, I pray, I make a request of God, and I do that with thanksgiving. So what is thanksgiving? That's me being aware and conscious of His goodness in my life. So here's what my prayer will look like. If I've had something come at me that's trying to make me anxious or worried, whatever it is, let's say that it's a, um, a bill that's come in and I don't have the funds to pay it. Then when that comes in, I'm going to say in my prayer, my prayer's not going to sound like, God, I got this bill. I don't know how I'm going to pay it. You're going to have to pay it. I don't know what to do. Dear Lord, help. Amen. No, that wasn't with thankfulness. Thankfulness is me being conscious and aware of His goodness. So what does that sound like? Well, His goodness is who He is and what His promises are. So then I'm going to go back to that. And I'm going to say, Father, I thank You that You said You would supply my needs. I thank You that You have said You will never leave me nor forsake me and that my steps are ordered of the Lord. So, Father, I thank You that Your Word is true and that Your promises are true. And yes and amen. And so I just receive that and I just declare that it is active in my life and I ask You to show me how I can walk in what you, the areas that You need me to walk in and make decisions led by the Holy Spirit. And I thank you that you're going to supply my need in Jesus' name. Notice it was not a complaint. It, God already knows. He doesn't need me to reel off all the problems and then say, I need you to deal with that and walk away. No, thankful. Why is that? Because he needs me to line my thoughts up with who he is and what his word says. And when I begin to line myself back up with my original identity, I am made in the image of God and he declared for me to walk in his goodness then I've put myself in a place to receive what He's trying to give me. And I have put my mind at ease so that now the Holy Spirit can give me direction. When you are frantic about something, it's really hard to hear the Holy Spirit's leading. I've heard many people say, and I apply this in my own life, be led by peace. Where are you sensing peace? That's the direction you need to go. And I think sometimes that there are people whether they mean to or not, they live in a perpetual state of chaos and turmoil. They have been there for so long, they're comfortable there. And when peace actually begins to rule and reign, they don't quite know what to do with it. Have you ever met anybody like that, that they just always seem to have something crazy going on? Do you know wherever your thought life is, is where you're going and literally what you are drawing to yourself it's kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy. And if my thoughts and my words are perpetually on the problem, then it's amplifying that to me and it's making me make decisions that are drawing those things to me. 
But if I will be anxious for nothing and I will be thankful where I'm putting my thoughts in line with the goodness of God, then my thought life is God's going to work everything out. He causes good for those who love Him and are called according to His purpose then I'm just going to walk in peace and now I'm in a place where I can hear what the Lord's directing me to do because I'm not in a frantic state. Let's keep going with this scripture. I'll start over with it. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And then what happens? And the peace of God that passes understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Okay, first of all, it's peace but it passes understanding. That's, that can be twofold. Number one, it can pass the understanding of the people around you. They're like, I don't know how you are in such a state of peace in this situation. I don't know, I don't know how you just say so calm about this. So there, it's beyond their understanding of the peace that you're walking in. I actually have, um, I heard a testimony of a person who they lost their spouse and it was a man who lost his wife and he went through normal, natural grieving process, but then he went on and did amazing things for the Lord. And he was just the happiest person. And people would say, I just don't understand. I don't know why you're at such peace. And it was almost as though people were against him because he was happy and at peace. It's as though they felt that, well, now you're just supposed to walk around perpetually depressed for the rest of your life. No, God is your peace in every situation. In every situation, stop letting the world tell you how you're supposed to feel. You don't go by your feelings. We go by what God's Word has declared, and He is good. So even if I lost everything, He's still good, and He's still going to put goodness in my life, and I'm going to look for it, and I'm going to walk in it, and it's going to draw it to me. And then it says, it passes understanding. Okay, so it passes the understanding of the people around us. It passes our own understanding. Okay, you understand we're a three-part being. We're made in God's image. He's Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. We're a three-part being. We're spirit, soul, and body. Peace will come to us when we are thankful, and it will pass that solical realm where our logic is trying to tell us how to fix it, where we're trying in our own strengths and efforts to do something when God said, I will take care of this for you. I will put a river in a desert for you if that's what you need for me. He will provide what you need. My mom was crying on the back row and that just triggered a cry on me. It's okay. We nicknamed her the town crier years ago. Anyway, so his goodness, our thoughts on his thankfulness, okay, it will pass the understanding of people around us, but it will bypass our understanding and we don't even have to understand. And that's when we can say, God, I don't understand this and I don't know how to deal with this, but I know that you do and I know that you're good and I know that you will work all things out for my good. And then the last part of that scripture, what is that peace going to do? It will guard your hearts and your minds. Now let's think about this. We've said this many times. Your heart in the Word of God, when it's not talking about the physical heart, when it's talking about the metaphorical heart, that is your belief system. That is what you believe at the very core root level. So when you are walking in God's peace, it is literally protecting your belief system. And so when lies of the enemy or when people around you are trying to convince you of something that doesn't line up with the goodness of God, that peace just lets that bounce right off of you. And you're like, no, that's, that's not true because I walk in the goodness of God. Think back to like maybe during the pandemic when there was such fear. I mean, every, we didn't know. There was so much we didn't know. And we had opportunity to jump on the fear bandwagon and just be like, Whoa! 
And I can remember buying groceries and coming home and I heard some people say, I just left groceries in the trunk of my car for a couple of days because I didn't want to bring it in my house because I didn't know what germs it had. Do you remember things like that? I had people in my, my feed on my social media say, I took Clorox wipes and wiped everything down. And I mean like, and then you're like, oh, now my hands have touched. Okay, now I got to go wash. And it just, it keeps going and it keeps going and it could control and consume you. But instead, and I had to do this myself, especially in the beginning, I had to say, you know, I'm not going to be anxious for anything. I'm going to trust in the goodness of God. And you know what? Even if it all fell apart tomorrow and I went home to be with the Lord, then I'm at home with the Lord. I still won. Do you see what I'm saying? We've got to get past this. Everything has to be perfect and it has to line up how we think it has to line up. No, I'm trusting in God's goodness and I don't have to understand. It can pass my understanding to know that God's ways are higher than my ways and they're better than my ways. And it will guard what I believe and it will guard my mind and keep me in a place of peace. Now, I will tell you, I've done a message on this before and I won't try to re-preach that today. But your thoughts, you are the one in charge of those. I've heard people say, Lord, please help me not think bad things. Lord, please help me not do think this or think that. God gave you free will and you have the free will to think anything you want to. You can think, think thoughts of hate. You can think thoughts of unforgiveness. You can think thoughts of fear and anxiety or worry. Or you can think on the goodness of God and be thankful. But that's up to you. And I've said this before. Dusty's even said it. You can't stop a bird from flying over your head, but you can stop it from building the nest in your hair. Those thoughts will come. I don't think we'll ever reach a place where they don't try to come. We've got too much negative going on in the world around us. But I get to determine whether it stays and builds a nest or whether I go, no, I'm not going to think that. I'm going to think on the goodness of God. And even if I can't see it or I don't feel it, it's still who he is. Therefore, that is what I'm walking in. Let's look at Colossians 3.15. It says, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Let it rule. Let it be in charge in your belief system. The peace of God be in charge in your belief system. To which also you were called in one body and be thankful. How is that peace going to rule? Because I'm being thankful. What is thankfulness? It's being conscious of the goodness of God. So all the time, I keep putting my thoughts back in line with who he is and what he's declared. So peace can be in charge in my life. And I don't keep having frantic panic moments. The second sentence here on this uh, verse in Colossians, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Dwell in you how? Richly. What does rich mean? In abundance. The word's got to dwell in you in abundance. It is really hard to believe the promises of God when you don't know them. And I'm not saying that to step on your toes if you didn't read your Bible this week. I'm talking to all of us. The more of God's word we can implant in our heart the more it will produce in our life. You will never put too much of God's word in. It says it does not return void and it will accomplish what it was sent to do. And there are people I know who had God's word planted in their heart as a child and then they left church and their families and everything they'd ever believed and decades later, they said they'd wake up in the middle of the night with a verse screaming at them. Because the word of God wasn't returning void, it had been planted. And it was beginning, it was trying again to produce. Have you ever killed something in your yard and then come back years later and there it is trying to do it again? You're like, wait a minute. I thought I got rid of that. Nope. Once it's there, a lot of times it's just going to stay there. And God's word always stays there. So let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another. 
in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Now, if you look up the word admonishing, it actually means to encourage one another, to give a warning to someone, or to put them in remembrance of something. So I love this verse because this is talking about us. It says we were called all called in one body. This is when, why we come together as a body of believers. This is one of the reasons you go to church so that your fellow believer can stir you up and put you in remembrance of what you believe and who you are and what you know. And when we keep staying away from each other, which was part of the big problem we had in the pandemic, keep everybody away. Do you see the results we have of that everywhere? We saw people head into depressions that we'd never seen before because we were, mankind was created to be in fellowship with each other. So you need to be here, not because we need you to be here so you checked your church box. No, we need each other. We need friends, friends that we see in church and out of church that are continually putting us in remembrance of God's Word, putting us in remembrance of who we are and how far we've come. And when we had a, have a down day, and we will occasionally, they can be the one that says, no, but let's remember. Do you remember when God did this for you? Do you remember when God did that for you? You know, in the Old Testament, they built a lot of... Um, Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Memorials, thank you. And one time I was reading through and I was like, that's kind of weird. I wonder why they did. But you know what? I realized it was to remind them for generations, here's what God did right here. Now, you can't get caught up in the past and say, I just wish God would do this again. No, he's got something new for you and exciting. And then you can put up a memorial about it and go, hey, let me tell you about the time God did that for me. We have to remind each other, encourage each other, stir each other up. And that's why it says we come together and we're doing it with a thankful heart. We're just putting, we're just being thankful together. We're putting all of us together in consciousness of the goodness and benefits of God. And the last line of this scripture says, And whatever you do, in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks, there it is again, to God the Father through Him. So whatever you do, words you speak, actions you portray, there's always something that you should be thankful for. And if what's coming out of your mouth is not helping other people be conscious of the goodness of God, then maybe it shouldn't be coming out of your mouth. If somebody is, maybe a fellow believer is going through a hard time and they're speaking a lot of negativity, don't jump on the bandwagon with them. You know, the world kind of trains you to do that. You just, that's right. You're right. You've had it bad. I hate it for you. Just, you just had a bad time. Life's dealt you a bad hand. You're not encouraging anyone. Now, you can have compassion and say, I'm so sorry that that has happened to you. You know what? Let me just tell you and remind you about the goodness of God, the faithfulness of the Lord. Let's go to the Word and see what we can find together. And you carry them along. And that's why it says, in whatever you do, in word or in your action, make sure it's giving thanks to the Lord. And I would say make sure it's doing that for the people around us. Amen. Amen. You know, it's all about our perspective. It's all about what we're looking at. The Word of God says in Colossians 3 to set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. There is always going to be some kind of circumstance coming at us. We live in a fallen world. But Jesus said, don't worry, I've already overcome the world. So it's all about your perspective. There is no one in this room and never will be that lives in a perfect bubble, no matter what their social media account tries to make it look like, that they just live this perfect little life and nothing ever happens. And they've got so many filters on their picture that you, when you see them in person, you're like, oh, oh is that them? <laughs> Have y'all ever had that happen? Dusty has a uh, former teacher from when he was in high school. And this lady was, what, 50 when you were in high school or 40? Okay, well, on her profile picture, she looks about 25. And we were doing the math. We're like, mm, there is no way. 
you know, no matter what people try to make things look like, your life will send you bad things. It's just a part of what this world is like. But we're not a part of this world. I live in the goodness of God. And even when the enemy tries to throw something my way, uh, I want you to think of the scripture. It says that the enemy goes about like a roaring lion. That's a threat. Seeking whom he may devour. The word may denotes permission. It's only who gives him permission. I'm just not going to give him permission. Even when bad things happen, I don't give him permission to occupy my thoughts with worry about it. I just don't give him permission. I'm not going to set my mind on earthly things. I'm setting them on above the things above. I'm thankful. I'm conscious of the goodness of God in my life. And then eventually I become grateful and I have that feeling of appreciation. But even if the feeling doesn't come, I still know God is good. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, it says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. The world has trained us to be people of sight and that we have to see it to believe it. Have you heard that phrase? The Bible says to call those things that be not as though they were. I'm going to see with what we call the eye of faith, my trust in God's goodness. I'm going to see beyond this situation. And even if it doesn't work out the way I think it needs to, I'm going to trust in the goodness of God and that he will work things out for me. That his plan is always better. It's all about your perspective. What are you thinking on? Are you looking at the goodness of God? Are you thankful? You're consciously being aware. And I want to say this. You have to be intentional about thankfulness. There is too much negative through the news, through the television, through anything you read, through the people you talk to. The negative is always coming at us. And it is a conscious choice to be thankful. It will not happen by accident. Now, I I will say that you can train yourself to be more aware of the goodness of God. And the more you do something, the more it becomes a habit for you. But if you're just sitting back waiting on yourself to naturally be thankful, it's probably not going to happen because you have more negative than positive coming at you. So you have to make that conscious choice to be thankful. Whatever it takes for you to remind yourself, I'm going to choose to be thankful for things big and small. Are you conscious of his goodness Or are you looking at the past, the problem, or the negative? There's a lot of people who can't move on, and they keep trying to make today look like yesterday. Because maybe yesterday was better. Maybe 20 years ago, things were perfect. And looking back on them, you know, I think a lot of times we're at the height of something, and it's not until it's over that we realized we were at that height. We didn't realize how, you know, what does it say? You don't know how good it is till it's gone. You don't know what you got till it's gone, I think is what the song says. Um, well, you know, we could get caught up in being nostalgic and just being like, you know, I mean, okay, so Dusty and I, she got married to a wonderful young man and she came to see us yesterday and hung out with us. But you know what? On Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, she was at her house. She wasn't at my house and I keep cooking too much food and I keep getting four plates out at supper time. I have you a plate. She says she'll come get it. She'll take it. She'll probably come get it. Anyway, but you know what? I could sit back and I see a lot of moms my age do this. They grieve over their children growing up. And they'll just be like, and they'll put pictures, Tom, please stop. Tom, please slow down. And I have chosen, I told them this, I'm choosing to see this as a time to grow. I gained a son. I didn't lose a daughter. And you know what? She's not going to be a little girl anymore like Harper Grace. But you know what? I'm going to go on and enjoy this season of life. 
and have a good time here and one day maybe get grandbabies and enjoy them or whatever it is God has planned, it's going to be good. No pressure there, guys. It's going to be good and I have to know that. And sometimes I think we get stuck in the past when this person... what Dusty's got you on a timer, it looks like. On the clock, okay. Um, I think sometimes we get caught up in the past and when something was good. Maybe it's even your job. My job used to be good, but now they've changed so much at work. It's gotten weird and difficult. Everything's woke. And I'm just looking at all the bad stuff everywhere. Y'all, the bad's there. If you look for it, you will find it. I'm choosing to look beyond. I'm going to share a brief testimony and then I'll wrap it up. Most of you have heard this testimony before about my thankfulness journal. journal. And, um, I kept a journal about thankfulness, and I still keep it. I don't write in it quite as much, but I still keep it. And God used it in a mighty way in my life. Um, But what's funny is I was telling somebody one time about my thankfulness journal. And they looked at me kind of funny and said, so you only write good stuff? And I was like, yeah. And they said, you don't write like real stuff? I was like, well, the good stuff was real. They were like, but you don't write the bad stuff too? And I said, well, it's a thankfulness journal. So I'm writing what I'm thankful for. And I promise I won't forget the bad stuff. Just by nature, we remember that. You know, Um, I teach 11th graders. I have 97 of them. Not all at one time. Thank the Lord. Anyway, in all my different classes in a day, 97. And I can have a day where 95 of them do exactly what they're supposed to do. They're respectful. They're kind. They work hard. They accomplish what's asked of them. And I can have two who be little stinkers. And they don't want to do literature today. And they don't want to write an essay. And they don't want to be at school. And they didn't want to get up early. And guess who ends up receiving the negativity off of that? Sometimes me. So I can have two that are either disrespectful, smart mouthed, or just, you know, try to go to sleep in class or whatever it is. And I could come home and Dusty go, how's your day? How was your day? And I'll go, well, it was okay. We had a good day. Most everybody did what they were supposed to do. We accomplished great things and and it was good. Or I could go home. It was terrible. They're all just terrible kids. I don't know what I'm going to do with them all. I'm so tired of teaching them. They're just pains in the rear. I had smart mouths today. I had a kid sleeping today. And in reality, it was two out of 97. But I will tell you that the world has trained us to see the two instead of the 95. Yes, the enemy has used life to train us that way, to see the bad. And instead, we need to choose to see the good. And God used a thankfulness journal. And when that person said, are you not going to write everything down? I said, no, I'm just writing the good. Because I want to be able to go back and look at it and remind myself as a memorial, here was the goodness of God for years, over and over and over again. And I do that. When I have a down day, I will go back and get old thankfulness journals and pull them out and look at it. So I was told by the Lord, he spoke to me about doing a thankfulness journal probably in 2015 or so. And it was something, I'm not a journaler. Even though I'm an English teacher, most people think I love to write. I I do, but I I don't necessarily like to journal. And I've always found it to be a burdensome thing. As a teenager, I tried multiple times to keep a journal. And I just, I, you know, write two or three days and be like, oh, I'm tired of doing this. And I would quit. And so when the Lord revealed that to me. We were in a service and a minister was talking on something completely different and he just had this little blurp in his message about he had a thankfulness journal. I don't know what else the man said because that's what screamed out at me. And I went on for days with the Lord continually bringing to my mind thankfulness journal, thankfulness journal. And I finally, praise the Lord, I had enough smarts to go, okay, I think the Lord's trying to tell me something. And so I said, well, Lord, you know I don't like to journal. 
He didn't say anything. I was like, okay. And so here's the silliness of it. I told you I'm in an intimate relationship with the Lord where I just speak to him the way I'd speak to anybody else. I said, Lord, I don't like to journal. He didn't say anything. You ever had your mama go, because I said so? It was kind of like I felt like he was going, you're going to do it because I said so. And so I was like, okay. I said, yes, Lord, I, I, I will submit myself to what you've said, and I will write a thankfulness journal. And then I put all these stipulations on it. I'm not promising to write in it every day. I'm not promising to make it lengthy. I'm just going to do a bullet point list. And I'm just going to do it, God, when I find something to be thankful for. Okay, now that right there tells you where my perspective was. It was as though I was thinking, I won't have to do that very much. Oh, my goodness. That tells you reason number one I needed to do it, right? So anyway, so I did. And I would love to tell you that I had this beautiful journal that I just wrote in and all these things. No, here's the thankfulness journal. It's the one on the left. Notice those notebooks say Caleb Cornelius, science journal. So when this was, Caleb was in about, son, what grade were you in in 2015? Do you know? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Fifth grade. Okay. So I started my thankfulness journal in June. And it was the end of the, they had, you know, the end of school had happened and they had sent home leftover notebooks that Caleb had not used all of. And so me just like, well, you know, sure. Thankfulness journal is not going to take me very long, whatever. Yes, Lord, I'll do it halfheartedly. And so I just took his leftover notebooks and I tore out the pages he had written in and had these leftover notebooks. And that's where I started with my thankfulness journal. And so what started as me almost afraid I wouldn't have something to write I finally said, Lord, help me to see something to write. And so it started real surface level with materialistic things. Thank you, Lord, for a roof over my head. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my friends. Thank you, you know. And so I did that for a few days. And then the, and I would do it, and it would be several days before I'd do it again. And then several days before I'd do it again. But then as I started noticing, I got to writing in it more. And I would notice something. Oh, I could put that in there. And I would put it in. And then a few, oh, wait, that, that too could go in my thankfulness. Oh, I got two things to go in my thankfulness journal. And then I would, and what happened was it snowballed on me. And there would be days where I would have like, I, I would go to work and I would write a list on a sticky note of everything that happened that day. And I'd put it in my purse so when I got home, I could put it in my thankfulness journal. As technology went on and I learned to use technology a little more, I started making lists in the notes of my phone so that when I sat down to write in my thankfulness journal, I could remember all the things I wanted to list. And it grew and it grew and it would get to where I had stuff all day long. And I'd be like, I got 15 things I need to write in my thankfulness journal. And I did everything, y'all. I did everything from little bitty things. Dusty makes fun of me about this one. Like I got a front pace, front row parking space at the grocery store when it was raining. I wrote that one in there. I was thankful. Um, but then all the way up to like a relationship problem that we were having with someone that God worked it out to something like we were in financial need and Dusty got an unexpected bonus at work. I wrote that down. Something that we, the kids studied for a test and they were successful and I wrote that down. One time I needed some clothes and we were, we weren't, we had our need, basic needs supplied, but I needed pretty much a whole new wardrobe and we really didn't have the money for me to go do that. And I just said, Lord, I, I need some clothes. I thank you that you said you'd supply my need. And somebody showed up unexpectedly and took me on a little shopping spree and I had everything from clothes to shoes to everything you needed. And I wrote that down. And what happened was it would begin to be everywhere I looked, 
All I could see was the goodness of God. All I could see was something to write down to be thankful for. What I didn't know is that God was using that to keep my thoughts on Him in a season of change. Because 2015 was the year that God began to call us. I'm sorry. I've never made it through a message without crying, so there it is. The goodness of God. He called us away from what we'd always known. We had always been in music ministry, always. I was in music ministry before I met Dusty, and then when he came along, we got in music ministry together. We did that before we were even engaged. We did worship together. And we had done worship ministry. We had been at the same church. We had been in the same jobs. We'd lived in the same town, and God began changing that. And I don't know about you, but I didn't like change. And it was scary, and I did. It was uncomfortable, and I didn't want to do it. But God used this thankfulness journal to take me through that season And I looked back and I realized we had changed cities. We had changed churches. We had changed the area of ministry we did. We had changed our social groups. We had changed, our kids had changed youth group. We had changed everything. I had changed jobs. Dusty had gone to Bible school. Y'all, Dusty has shared his testimony about being in school for 11 years to go from GED to master's degree. I was along for the ride all 11 of those years, okay? I'm thankful he did it. But it was, a, it was a burden on our family sometimes for him to always be in school. And he had graduated, and I was like, this is wonderful to have a husband not in school. And then in 2015, when God began to say, you need to go to Bible school, you know God had to tell me because I was the one going, you're done. Don't you even think doctorate. You are done. He, Dusty loves to learn. He is the one of those people that is a lifelong learner. But... When God told him, God had to tell me because he, Dusty was afraid to say to me, I think the Lord's told me to go to Bible school because he's afraid I was going to be like, we're not doing that. But God spoke to me and he did that. And it was the greatest thing we've ever experienced, y'all. Here we are today because of the goodness of God, because of his faithfulness. And do you know what kept me sane and at peace and happy through all of that? And I mean, I don't know that everybody understands the transitions and how hard they were. Maybe you do. You've gone through something that you had no plan to go through. And God was like, so we're going to do this now. And your flesh and your soulical realm goes, I don't know that I want to do that. I got to the end of it and I was like, wow, because of a thankfulness journal, because God knew ahead of time I was going to need it. Because he knew I needed to keep my thoughts on his goodness and who he was and who I was. But do you know I could have gone through that same experience and not looked at the goodness of God and it could have been hell on earth. You know, some people are afraid of dying and going to hell. There's a lot more people, I think, that are living in hell every day because they won't choose God and His plan for their life. So no matter what it looks like, if you'll put your thoughts on the goodness of God, be conscious, be thankful of who He is and what He's doing in you. It will empower you to do things you never knew you could do and take you to places you never knew you could go, and they're always good. This picture on the right is my beautiful now. Thankfulness journal looks much more impressive, doesn't it? That was a gift from Jack and Jean, and uh, it has refillable pages and everything, so I look real official now in my thankfulness journal. And I'm not telling you to go do a thankfulness journal. You do whatever the Lord puts on your heart to do. But my goal for today is to help you remember He is good, not because I feel like it or my situation looks like it, but because that's who He is. And when life throws something at me, I'm going to choose to be conscious of who He is, who He is in me, who He's made me to be, what His Word declares about my situation. And even even if I never understand, I know He's still good. 
and his plans are good. Amen. Amen. I'm going to pray for us, and then I'm going to turn it back over to Dusty. I'm just going to pray that the Lord helps us to be conscious of his goodness in our life, if you'll pray with me. Father, we do come to you in the name of Jesus, and Lord, we are so thankful to you for what you have done for us. Father, I thank you for the gift of Jesus and all that he has provided, for that finished work that means now I can walk in the goodness of God in every aspect. I pray, Lord, as we go about over the next weeks, months, and years, that we are thankful, that we are continually conscious and aware of you in our lives, of your goodness. Help us, Lord, to tweak our perspective whenever it's wrong. Holy Spirit, prompt us to see the goodness of God. And when we're not looking at it, I just ask that you help us, give us that nudge, say, wait, 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 change your perspective. Father, I pray that we do like the scripture says, that we admonish one another and put each other in remembrance of what your word has declared and who we are. That it just knits us together and that together we bring you praise, honor, and glory as we are thankful for all that you've done. Lord, we give you glory today. I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to fellowship together today. And may you receive all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You know, I want to tell you there was a miracle that happened with this whole thankfulness journal. Um, because I'll tell you a story. When I first started going to church and I would bring these little bitty um, you know, notebooks that was half torn apart. After we got married, you know, I'd write down things that the pastor had said or whatever. And then I would also, I would notice that there'd be pages that would be torn out and it would be shoved into a nicer looking, uh, you know, like receptacle. It was a big miracle that she actually used these notebooks. I'm just going to tell you straight up because if I have a little hole in something, she's throwing it away. Okay. But you know, one of the things that I love about Heather's message about the thankfulness journal is because do you know that if we if we do what the world wants us to do which is to constantly be in fear you know that perfect love casts out all fear and see thankfulness is our road it's the road to love you know that the word thankful there actually in in part it means to speak well of you know that when I speak well of you, when I speak well of the people that are around me, you know I'm building a relationship. Y'all see that thankfulness is just another part of relationship? You know, most people, they're not thankful for the people that are around them. They're not thankful for the, for the things that have happened in their life. And see, thankfulness is the way that we speak well of someone. You know what happens? That whatsoever things that we that we give, it shall be given back to us. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Shall men give unto your bosom the same measure that you meet shall be measured unto you again. You know that when I'm thankful, you know thankfulness is going to come back. Gratitude is going to come the ability for us to have relationship, it just expands and it explodes. And see, that's not just with people, that's also with God. See, God's not asking you, be thankful. God's asking, can you, can you speak well of me? Because I'm trying to speak well of you. I want to have a relationship with you. 
And so I want you to have a relationship with me. And see, thankfulness is the ability for us to have not only the ability to speak well of each other, but to also live a life where we're seeing the best in each other. Amen.